0: Well, question, quick question this morning. How many of you guys got your Christmas shopping done? Where are the people that got their Christmas shopping done? Okay, where are the people that did not do any Christmas shopping? You're way far away from getting it done. Is it we're, You're my people. <laughs> you're my people, right? We pride ourselves, man. We can get it done that last week. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to rush. Amazon, you know, stress them out a little bit. But everybody needs to wait till the last second, I think. Uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, my sister and I had gotten home early from school, and my parents weren't quite home yet. And my sister said, Matt, I want to show you something real quick. She takes me to our parents' bedroom. She opens up the closet door, and it was really weird. Santa had come a week early and dropped all the gifts off in my parents' closet that day, right? And I was just... I remember I, I, I kind of did what every good older brother should do, and I closed the closet back, I locked it, I looked at my sister, and I said, you don't tell anybody about this right here. we are going to leave it alone. Why? Because I was afraid that if we told our parents Santa wasn't going to come and we were going to get all those gifts, and then our parents, who also contributed to Under the Tree, we weren't going to get gifts from them. So we said, let's just leave it alone. Uh, and my mom is w- somewhere wondering, I didn't know. So now we're not going to get presents from Santa anymore now that we just told her, but it'll be okay. Now, my, my wife's family, um, they were kind of on the naughty list, okay? They didn't celebrate Santa. They were more Christian than we were, not Christian, whatever you want to call it. Um, it gets all mixed up, right? But they didn't celebrate Santa like my Christian family did, Okay. And they, uh, they usually got excited. She had two other sisters, and they would always get excited about opening up gifts. And so I think her mom decided one year to try the number system. Has anybody ever tried the number system? It kind of slows things down, I guess. And so she tried the number system. They assigned numbers to the presents. Each one got to do like bingo, I guess, and open it up. And then, and then each kid got the present that was assigned to them. Now, mind you, when they went to go do it, the whole thing messed everything up to where every single kid got all the wrong presents, right? So the purpose of it, it was good. it did slow things down, but it kind of made everybody cry and upset during the process, okay <laughs> um, So my recommendation is don't try the number system with your kids. Um, how, how about this? Have you ever been to a Christmas party where you did the the gift exchange? And it went around, and then you got the gift that landed on you, and then you open up the gift, and it was kind of a lame gift. Did anybody ever have that? Where you open it up, and you're like, that's kind of a lame gift. But maybe because the gift landed on you, it was just like, you got to take this gift home. Maybe it's an ugly Christmas sweater. Maybe uh, it just, maybe it didn't fit right. It just, it was kind of a weird gift that you got. But you took it home, and you thought, well, I, I have to do the best that I can. And so you tried the gift on, you wore it the next week, and you kind of made the best of what you could do with what you were given, right? And I I say that to say that in comparison, I believe maybe some of us, maybe not all of us, at one point in time went to church, you know, we received the gift of Jesus, there was a gift that came, and then there were some things that kind of came along with it, right? And so we went to go try those things on, and it didn't really fit right didn't look right didn't feel right in fact all it did was tell us how to act right and how to do right and how to be right but we wore it anyways we may have worn it for years to try and make that thing work it could have been through legalism could have been through just being religious any of those things right and we found out that those things didn't really work it wasn't good for us in fact it kind of made God look kind of awful would we all agree um the next couple week, weeks, I have, um, I have some gifts up here. Did you guys notice? You guys saw that there was gifts? Cool. Uh, I have some gifts up here under the tree, and we're going to uh, exchange these gifts. Because maybe the gifts got mixed up, and we're going to straighten some things out that we've heard over the years about God, okay? Maybe, uh, maybe it was intended for us, and we opened it up. But we're going to re-exchange those gifts so that it makes a lot of sense, so I'm going to open up the first gift. Hopefully I get this right. Um, I think it's this one. All right. So gifts, right? How many of you guys love opening gifts? Does anybody like that in here? You just love, man. You like the trees. I'm going to go ahead and open this up. Before I do, there's probably something really good in here, right? When you say? Like you're excited. You get really excited about it. You're like enthusiastic. Man, I'm going to. So you got to open. Right? I should open it up. Okay. So you open it up. Only to find that what? What do you guys see in there? What? Yeah. Nothing? Really? So you go to open it up, right? And you realize that somebody gave you a gift, and then they seem to have taken it away, right? They gave, it a, they gave you a gift. It seemed like it was intended for you. You open it up, and it's gone. So the first gift that I would say that is our mix-up is the gift that God is a taker. God is a taker. Uh, Years ago, uh, when I was uh, back here um, selling actually some of the youth couches, right? How many of you know youth can be kind of hard on couches? They can get kind of nasty. We've gotten to the point where we exhausted them as far as we could take them. That's how youth ministry works, right? And we had this guy that stopped in. His name was Josh. If Josh is here this morning, glad you're here. Um, But Josh stopped in and he wanted to buy all three couches and when he came in he started kind of looking around at the church looking at me and just looking around the church I could tell something was off I said hey you're right and Josh looked at me and he said Matt he said I have to ask you a question I said okay he said it's a spiritual question I said that's kind of what I do so let's talk and he said Matt I used to be a part of a church a long time ago. I used to go to church. I used to be in the youth group. I was a leader on the youth group. I led people to the Lord. I uh, was involved in Bible studies. I led Bible studies. I did all of these things, right? And he said, I kind of got mixed up in the wrong group. And he said, I'm not where I should be right now. He said, I'm doing things that I, I, you know, I'm embarrassed about or I've done things in the past I'm embarrassed about. I'm not doing all the right things right now. He said, I got to ask you a question, Matt. He said, do you feel like God took my salvation? And I felt so bad for him. I, I encouraged him. I did all the things that you would do in that moment. I tried to show him scripture, uh, prayed with him, gave him one of Clark's books, got his number, reached out to him. Uh, checked on him multiple times, but what I could tell about Josh, and I think there's others out there like this, where they got a gift from God, whether it's salvation or whatever, they got something from God, they got Jesus from God, and along with that came the caveat of maybe God's going to take this from me. Maybe if I don't keep all the things in order and I'm not doing all the right things, God might just take this from me, right? And I think some of that thought, I understand it. I was there for a lot of years. I think some of that thought comes from a scripture we're gonna talk about this morning. It's in Job 121, verse 121 in the NIV. It says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Now to, now to give um, Job credit here, I might mix up the words Job and Job today just in case anybody notices, I'm sorry. Um, but to give Job credit here, uh, he did, at the end of that verse right there, he said, that the name of the Lord be praised. So what he's saying is that whatever happens in his life, whatever takes place, whether it's good or it's bad, now obviously he was putting the good or bad on God, he said, I'm going to praise God. And I think that's noble, I think that's good, I'm, I'm super glad that he at least said that. But unfortunately, most of the time when we hear this verse, we hear it maybe at a funeral. We hear it maybe where there's a place where something has been lost from us or we feel as though it was taken from us. Or maybe after we had a really nice car and then we got in an accident and we thought, well, I thought that that was a good gift, but now it's obviously taken away. And then you think back, what did I do? I'm not sure. You go through the whole process. And I would say the first time I read that, I thought to myself, man, God really does like the game Russian roulette. Like, maybe this day he really likes me, and he's going to give me things, and this day he doesn't like me. He's going to take things from me. Uh, um, I would say when I was 17, uh, I was walking to the mall uh, with a friend of mine uh, named Chris, and we're walking through, and we ran into another buddy that was the manager at Foot Locker, okay? And we walked up to him, said hi to him, and he said, hey, Matt, he said, do you guys want any uh, free stuff? Now, when you're 17... Somebody says, do you ever want free stuff? What's the answer? Yes, Yes, of course, right? You want free stuff. Now, little did I realize what he meant by that was he was going to be taking things when he gets off work, okay? He was going to be taking things as a manager. And so we had pointed out the things that we thought we wanted, and only to realize later that he was going to be stealing those things, okay? (laughs) When he got off work, he brought us the things that we pointed out, and he, you know, he gave it to my friend, and I was like, I could tell everything was kind of taboo, and I was trying to stay away from it. And then I got these pants, and in my head, I grew up as a Christian, and I thought, man, God is going to take this away very soon. I'm positive. Now, if you're wondering what pants are, they are the Adidas pants that kind of had the breakaways to the knee, in case you were wondering, right? Those were the coolest ones. Not the ones that broke all the way away, but the knees, okay? Right? Cooler. So, I remember I was at school. I went to change for some type of athletic thing, and then um, I remember I went back to the restroom to go get those pants, and they were gone, okay? And I remember in that moment, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't really go to the church. I looked up at God, and I blamed him. I said, this is your fault, right? And I walked away, and I was upset. And the reason why I did that was because I believe I had been given something that told me that eventually God is going to take things away from me. And if you've been given something that, God, that you believe that God is going to take things away from you, you might have been given the wrong gift, Um, the question still well let me let me go back said why uh, why did I believe that because of the gift um, being mixed up so Job later said I love that he said I don't have this in the notes but it said I spoke of things I did not understand that's in Job 42 3 so he at least admitted maybe I talked about some things that I didn't really understand I didn't get it I didn't know God like I do now so the question still remains, does God give and does God take away? Truth is, uh, Job had only heard of God. He had only known of God. It was kind of like God was like telephone talk to him, right? He didn't actually know him. And have you ever met someone that's famous in here? Have you guys ever met somebody that's famous other than Alan Chambers, wherever Alan Chambers is, right? There he is, Alan, sorry. Right, wave, Alan. Alan Chambers. Other than Alan Chambers, Right. Have you guys ever met Joey? You guys, are, I mean, you might have probably met somebody other than Alan Chambers that was famous, right, at some point. Um, uh, I remember I worked at a hotel where, I've told you guys about this hotel that I worked at, but every now and then an executive would come in, okay, and uh, they would let everybody know, hey, there's going to be somebody big time that comes in. And one of the funny people that came in was Gary Busey. Do you guys know who Gary Busey is? You can look him up if you want, he's ridiculous. Nice guy. Gary Busey is watching. We love you, Gary Busey, uh, for what I'm about to tell the story. Okay, so I pull up in the car the day that he was supposed to get there, and there's a red car that's parked right in front of the valet stand, and Gary Busey, no joke, rolls out of the car, okay, just rolls out of it with the door left open, and he walks inside the, inside the hotel. I walked in after him to kind of find out, is he going to hand me the keys? He gets checked in, then he just goes up to his room with the door open. So I just realized, okay, we waited like two hours. I'm like, he just wants his car (laughs) valet. So I parked his car, took took his car to the parking lot. um, And I never actually met Gary Busey. But what I will tell you is we saw him. We heard a lot of things about the fun times that he had at our hotel that weekend, okay? (laughs) And uh, I didn't meet him, but I saw him. Now, if somebody was to come ask me, like, do you know Gary Busey? I would have to answer them, no. I would have to say, no, I never actually met him. I don't know him. And that's how Job is here, is Job never actually met God, but he's talking about him. So if we can keep it in that perspective. Um, Job only knew God indirectly. I, I, read a, I read a quote from Paul Ellis the other day. It was just on Friday. Um, it was on Facebook. It says, ever heard these chestnuts? Your baby died because God needed another angel in heaven. God took your job because you were enjoying it too much. Your car was stolen because it was an idol. uh, Heed these lies and you won't resist the thief when he comes to plunder you. Religion loves to quote Job because the man was self-righteous. But he was also bitter and suicidal and spoke rubbish. (laughs) I love what he wrote. He said, Job is an ignoramus. He talks utter nonsense. Why listen to Job when, when you can listen to Jesus? The gospel truth is that Jesus came so that you may have life to the full. God gives you the gift, and he never takes them back, end quote. So I said this a minute ago, but if our view of God is that he takes away, then we may have opened up the wrong gift, and we may need to exchange the gift. Now, hopefully I'm grabbing all the right deals here, okay? So we're going to exchange gifts. You guys ready for me to exchange it? Okay. All right, we're going to exchange it. I want to go for the bigger one, right? I mean, we always kind of like got to get the bigger one. So you open this gift up, and within it is what? Another gift, right? It's another gift. And what I mean by that is when God, when you think of God, The first, we called it a mix-up, the first fix-up that I want to describe today is, number one, God is a giver. God is a giver. James 1.5, it says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. The what kind of God? The giving God who, what? Gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault-finding, and it will be given... Him, so to describe God with this one verse, we see three words. Okay, giving, gives, and given. Hmm. Did you guys hear the word take away in there? I didn't hear it. it, it it's weird. He forgot to mention it when he's using those three words. And I love James. He's going to go a little bit further with the descriptor words. Forgive and how does God give? He gives liberally. He gives liberally, that word liberally actually means generously or bountifully. Ephesians 3.20, it says that God wants to give us exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, right? And if we read that in the message, it says uh, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So as far as you can think. As wild as you can think about how God is going to give to you, it's beyond that. He thinks beyond our own thinking, right? I love the next part. It says ungrudgingly. Ungrudgingly actually means enthusiastically. Enthusiastically, like somewhat excited. How many of you guys were here when we brought the lamb, the lamb last year for Easter? Was anybody here for that? Anybody remember his name? Good mm. Good memory. So uh, my kids, when we got him in the car, we named him Lammy, because they weren't sure if it was a boy or girl. So eventually he graduated into Prince, because they found out it was a boy. Then it became Lambert, okay, when we pass it on to the next people. So it became the artist formerly known as Prince, right? <laughs> uh, which I think Lambert kind of works too, so. Uh, but I'll tell you, the process by which we purchased the lamb and got the lamb and kept the lamb for two or three days before we got it here, y'all, it would take me an hour to explain that process, okay? It was just crazy. I don't know where Heat's at, but Heat's like, Matt, you were insane for doing that. I'm like, you're right. I was kind of insane, yeah. My kids wanted a lamb, and it worked out for Easter. So we, la- we made it last for a week. We decided in that week it was too much. The Seifert household was not working out for a lamb. Okay, some of you can't judge me because you wouldn't do it for one day. Okay, so then that weekend, this we decided to um, basically give uh, Lammy or Lambert or Prince away, and uh, you know I went through multiple buyers because everybody wanted lamb chops, and I said no lamb chops. Okay, this is Prince. You know we don't know that he can be become born again like the Lamb of God, so we're gonna we're gonna not do that. And then it's also my children I have to tell them a different story. I don't want to lie. So. Uh, the person pulls up with the truck and the trailer. Uh, we found a person that was going to keep him up in a popka, and it was going to live the best lamb life that any lamb had ever lived, right? Uh, and we, let me tell you, when that trailer pulled up, we were so enthusiastic about the trailer pulling up. We were just so excited to give Lamy to the next person and move on, Right? We were so excited about that person that we were gifting the lamb to. And what I want you to know is when God gives, he gives enthusiastically. He is so excited to be able to give to us in the way that he does. So the next part said without reproaching, without reprimand, without criticism. Have you ever given somebody, like maybe they've broken something before and you've given them something and you're like, hey, now don't do that don't mess that up. Our our daughter, our oldest daughter, uh, we gave her some pants and she decided her friends told her that the holes weren't big enough, so she cut all her pants up even bigger, right? And so we're like, look, we're going to give you these pants, but don't do that thing that you did with the last pants, okay? Even though that's the style and you buy them at the store like that, right? That's the same way that God does. He doesn't actually give us a reprimand when he gives us things. And then the last thing was without finding fault or without fault finding. He has nothing that he wants to correct us about or find in us when he gives. So if that wasn't good enough, John 3:16 in the passion, it says for here is the way God loved the world. He what? Gave. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. So the two words I see in there is the word gave and the word gift. So let me just tell you, overall, we have giving, gives, given, gave, and gift. I think there's something synonymous there that they're trying to get across. So if you go home today, if you don't get anything out of anything that I've talked about today, the one thing I want you to go home and think to yourself is that God gives. That's what he does. God gives. Okay? Jesus was the son of God, and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? There's some credibility there. This was the first time that mankind had ever really seen God. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. You've seen the Father. And so I would say James, the half-brother, who probably knew Jesus pretty good, And then also John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, they're both here talking about God. They're both here talking about how God gives, and that's what he does. And what's interesting is that they didn't take the opportunity, now would have been the opportunity to say that he takes, but they didn't say it. They seem to have left that part out. Now, why would they have left that part out? Because that's not a part of who God is. God doesn't take anything. If you can think back in your life and you're like, man, I remember when that was in my life and it's no longer. God God wasn't a part of that process. He didn't take anything from you. I'm glad we got that straightened out, aren't you guys? So uh, we're going to move on to the next mix-up. I'm starting to get mixed up myself. So see if we can find this. Yep, all right. So the second mix-up is conviction of sin, right? What is this? Yep, you called it. So it's the judge hammer, right? Everybody knows that. And so here we're talking about conviction of sin. Let me see if I can talk with this in my hand and not be too distracted. All right. So John 16, 8 through 11, we're talking about conviction of sin. It says, and the helper, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you go no longer, and you no longer see me concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. We're, gonna, we're not going to break that whole thing down, but the, the first thing I want to tackle is this word, convict, right? It's an interesting word to use here in the Bible, uh, I would say if you've ever been in jail ministry or prison ministry, I would not use that word very often, right? I have been in. I remember going to the juvenile detention centers and trying to witness to people, and you start using that word convict, and they're a little confused. Sounds a lot like convict, doesn't it, right? And so they're like, man, that's kind of a weird word you keep saying. And it was kind of at the time, it was the 90s buzzword. I mean, we use that word for everything. And it was to kind of relate to other people that God talks to us, okay? If you still do it, I'm, I'm just talking out loud, okay? That's, that's what I do, isn't it, Wendy? I always say that at work. I always say, I'm talking out loud. Wendy says, well, that's kind of what you do. I'm like, yeah, that is what you do. But I want to explain that if you say that word, it just, it, it used to me, now some of, we, some of us say it genuinely, but it used to mean to me that God, what was God convicting me about? Sometimes it wasn't even about sin. I felt like it was an open-ended, God convicts us about everything, right? God convicts me about watching too much TV. God convicts me about uh, not having enough exercise. God convicts me about what kind of food I'm eating. God, Man, God's been really convicting me today about not wearing sweaters. God's been convicting me about not being convicted enough, right? And it seemed like that word just was over and over to a point that it really kind of lost its meaning. And you think I'm, this type of thinking, it's so destructive. Uh, I remember I had a friend that got a hold of that word and he even had um, Romans 8 all mixed up. But I remember he showed up at my job and he said, Matt, he said, I'm convicted of everything. And I'm like, okay. Uh, like, can we talk about it? He said, "Well, I was convicted of this and convicted of this to the point he's like, Matt, I got to ask you a question." He said, "Am I the devil?" And I was like, oh, "Dude, you're not the devil. I mean, if you have to tell people that, that's a rough way to go, right?" Um, but uh, let's go to Hebrews 10:17. It says, "Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more." So my question today is, if God can't remember our sin, right? Then how is he going to be convicting us of sin? Can you see how it's a bit of an oxymoron? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If, he, if, if, if our sins and lawless acts that he can't remember anymore, then why is he going to be convicting us of our sins and our lawless acts? It doesn't make any sense. There's no such thing as positive guilt or positive condemnation. In fact, there is Therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And we used to even con- confuse that part. Man, i got to try and not walk after the flesh. No, it's telling you that you are no longer walking after the flesh. You're only walking after the spirit. And so, why do we need to be condemned? Why do we need to be convicted? No, we don't need to be convicted or condemned of any of those things. Let's go back. Um, John John 16 8, it says, and the helper, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin. Okay, so this word convict, uh, it, it, I'm going to try and pronounce it. It's alangho, alan which in, in the Greek, it means to admonish, it means to convince, and it means to correct. Uh, c- correct concerning what? Convince concerning what? Concerning sin, the sin of What? What is the sin that everybody thinks that the world needs to be convicted of or convinced of? Let's read it, John 16, 8 through 11, or just 8. It says, and the helper, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. What is he going to convince them of, Right? just of their unbelief, right? The helper's main job is to convince the world to believe. That's his, that's his main job. He wants to convince the world to believe. He wants to convince them that all you have to do is believe. At some point in time, we have to stop talking to the world about their sin. I hate to say it, that they already know it. They already are aware. Like the people at the beach when they're telling everybody about their sin, it's pointless. I've wanted to talk to them, but I know they're going to yell at me about my sin, right? <laughs> so I behave myself. Um, so God doesn't remember their sin. Why are we reminding the world of sin? John 3.17, I love this verse. It says, and we're going to close with this. John 3.17 in the message, it says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son Merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. I love in the King James, you guys know it says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world might be saved through him. So if God's not pointing a finger, we don't have to point a finger at others. We don't have to point a finger at ourselves. We don't have to sit there and try to remind ourselves, man, what? I used to do that. Like, God, help me, uh, help forgive me of all my sins that I can't even think about doing. Or that I, that I can't remember that I did. Look, if God doesn't remember it, we don't have to remember it as well. Uh, religion, I love this, religion loves to place blame on God for being the author of taking. Right? I mean, how many of us have heard sermons about God took this or God's taking or God already took, right? So... Religion loves to place blame on God for being the author of taking, yet the only thing he's ever taken from us is our sin, only so that he can give to us new life. So the final fix-up, we mixed it up, so now we're going to fix it up, right, is, let me see. Hate to tell you, we're going to have to wait till next week. We're out of time, guys, so sorry. I was going to show you. It's a really good one. But we'll do that next week. Right? Cool? Will you guys forgive me? God's forgiven you. Will you forgive me for not opening the gift? I hope so. Let me have you stand up. We're going to pray for today. Thanks for coming out. want to encourage you guys as you're going through your week, man, just No, God's not taking anything from us. He's not taking things from us. He only gives, amen? Father, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, God, for you are the giver, God. Thank you for sending your son, God, so that we can have new life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, God. Why? Because we've been made new creatures in you, and we trust you today. Thank you for speaking to us And each way, in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen.